And welcome to episode 202 of Up for Discussion, an emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Kate Bradley. We're joined in studio today by a very special guest. He's the host of the Changing on the Fly podcast right here on the Upford Network. His name is Aaron Lakoff. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks Hello. for coming. Yeah. It's yeah. my first time on a comedy podcast. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm a funny person. We'll get there. Gonna, it's a bit intimidating. Oh my but, god! Yeah. No, no, you have to be funny. Like the, I, the show, the show has to be funny, or the audience drops off. Yeah, you no must pressure. be funny, yeah. Aaron. You're hey, can I ask something um, live on the mic, as it were? Of course. Um, so, how do you guys feel about swearing? Oh no! Or it's yay? my bread and butter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just because I swear a lot in real life. Yeah. But I don't tend to swear that much on my own podcast. Mm-hmm. It's all about like knowing your audience. Yeah. And I just, if I'm told not to swear, then I won't swear. But if no one says anything, I'll probably swear a lot. I'm so happy yeah. you brought that up because I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't want him to think I'm an awful person because I swear so no. much. So now we're like, okay, we're on the same it's page. It's good to know. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's the key difference, right? Like, I think if you're doing comedy, like, if it's a little more like chatty, it's fine to like swear. But you're doing journalism. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, so, there's, there's a professionalism totally. that's expected there. So you want to be like, this week in the fucking hockey news. Uh, you know, really I work. want it to be that, though. It could be. Yeah. I Actually, really I have a do. friend who does a show called The Fucking News. Right. Oh. It's on this network called submedia.tv. And it's amazing. It's called The Fucking News. It's That's a news awesome. show with lots of swearing. Yeah, fair enough. Because yeah. there's a lot to swear about in the news, let's yeah, be honest. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell us about Changing on the Fly. So Changing on the Fly... Uh, in simplest terms, is a podcast that combines two passions of mine, and I hope passions for a lot of people, one being hockey, and the other being um, radical politics and social change. Um, The idea came to me because I grew up, like so many people in this country, as a rabid hockey fan. I'm always really embarrassed to say it, but I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan growing up. <laughs> I didn't grow up in Montreal, so that's why. But I have made the conversion. Wonderful. So right. Yes. And um, and of course, I'm also a so I'm a Habs fan. I'm a Les Canadiens fan as well. Yes. Shout out to the Last Stretch podcast and uh, Safia and Mel doing that. Wouldn't want to come in here and say I'm a Toronto Furies fan and then like have that go to air and then right. you know Mel will be listening to that later and being like, who the hell is Get this, this guy? guy out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, like I've, I've been a community organizer and an activist for a lot of my life. Mm. And, and for a lot of my life, I kind of felt that like the sports world was just completely incompatible with any values of inclusion, of tolerance, of anti-racism, of feminism, right? Because Mm. if you look at the sports world from a very superficial level, it looks very macho, very racist, very like capitalist driven, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, of course. And so these days, I think there's a lot of amazing podcasts 
um, you know, two of them on the Up for Network being two of them, right? Like, uh, I think the Scrum does an amazing job of looking at stories from a bit more of a social perspective, as mm-hmm. does um, the Last Stretch podcast and so many others. Like, one of my biggest inspirations was uh, this podcast called Edge of Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hosted by Dave Zirin or another amazing one called Burn It All Down, which Love is a feminist. Burn it all down. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so a feminism and sports podcast, of course. Uh, and I wanted to um, do something that was a little bit more specifically focused about hockey, because I think in Canada, we have like so many important issues to talk about. And I think talking about them like through the lens of sports right. can be really fascinating. Well, especially I think like talking about them through the lens of our sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like hockey is very much Canada's yeah. thing. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So it makes Definitely. a lot of sense to use that as like, yeah, that's the jumping off point. That's yeah. great. For sure. And it's like, I just, I mean, I think hockey is so fascinating in this country because it's like people can argue more passionately about hockey than they will about (laughs) the most divisive political issues. You know, you look at like what's happening out West and Alberta right now. So people are doing pro pipeline demonstrations and then you have like indigenous people in BC who are saying like, hell no, pipelines are not coming through our area. And like you would probably have an easier time getting the two of those people together in a room, maybe more specifically at a Tim Hortons to like talk about their shit than you could have like getting like a Leafs fan and a Habs fan together in the same room, you know? So I just think like that that's interesting and then I kind of wanted to like play with that idea a little bit like these these friendly rivalries that we develop around hockey but then look at yeah just like use hockey as a jumping off point to talk about deeper uh, social and political issues in our society absolutely I've got a question yeah where does the name come from changing on the fly that's a good question I'm horrible with names absolutely <laughs> horrible I mean I've done a lot of journals in my in my life when editors ask me to come up with a headline or a title, I always freeze. I'm like, I, I don't know. Can you do it? Um, <laughs> and and so when I was doing this, okay, I didn't mention this before, but the podcast actually started as uh, my master's research project. So I just finished a, a master's in media studies at Concordia. I'm pointing. <laughs> your listeners it's get that to go, way. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Loyola. Yeah, yeah, that is the direction. Just down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pointing towards the west. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I did my master's and uh, what. One thing that I really loved about the media studies department is they really encourage what they call research creation. So it's mm-hmm. like rather than writing a huge long thesis, you actually go and produce something. And right. for me, I'd been involved in radio and podcasting already for about 15 years. I was okay. like, that's great. I'm going to do a podcast for my research project. Yeah. And so that that's what Changing on the Fly was. When I first started, I was like, okay, fuck, I need a title. What's it going to be? <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't think of anything good. So I just crowdsourced it. I like literally just oh, nice. went on Facebook and was like, hey, friends i'm doing this podcast about social justice and hockey what you know what do you want to suggest and i knew that there's like there's so many cliches in the sports world right like that's Mm -hmm. i I find sports cliches to be amongst like the funniest of all the cliches (laughs) and and so of course i immediately thought this thing uh left wing right so like just playing with the whole like yeah yeah skating down the left wing playing left wing or i like left winger you know it's just like no like i'm not gonna do that and i had a friend out in vancouver who who suggested changing on the fly because his whole rationale was like hockey is one of the few sports in the world where the like the actual shift changes are done without stop time, right? So you take oh, baseball, sure, yeah. like the players change in between innings. In basketball, they actually stop the clock to do line changes. But in hockey, it's just like this constant changing. Right. And I love that idea of changing on the fly because for me, it represents adaptability. Hmm. It represents having to live in a very difficult and complicated world. 
but being able to kind of roll with the punches and roll mm. with the changes, you know, like the UN just put out this report saying that we have 10 years to fix the earth. Yeah, if yeah. not, we're headed towards catastrophic climate change. Right? right. And so for me, that represents, okay, we live in this world where we are presented. Our generation is presented with this incredible challenge and we have to figure out how to change on the fly, like how to live right. in this world, but how to maybe adapt for like future climates, which are not going to be as hospitable as the ones we're living in now. Uh, anyways, I'm really going off about this title now, but yeah, it was <laughs> I not love my hearing you That's talk. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful to hear him talk? That's amazing. So concise and, and enthusiastic. That's what we as podcasters do. Yeah, we well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we try, we try. Yeah. Well, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. I think I would definitely like as soon as I get home, I'm going to like throw your podcast at my husband because he <laughs> loves hockey so much. Oh, Paul would love this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But also feels incredibly crushed by the difficulties of the world and social. <laughs> Uh, social change and all this yeah. kind of thing. So to have those two melded together, and I'm curious, do you find, um, are you constantly hitting walls with regards to hockey or is there like a lot of progress happening? Or is, is it like this needs to change or is it like actually there's like interesting pockets that are... Yeah, totally a lot of progress, I think. Amazing. I haven't hit a wall yet. Um, I almost made a cliche joke there. Like I've hit the boards many times, <laughs> but let me tell you, never hit a wall. Um yeah, sports cliches. No, but I mean, it's like, I think this is a really exciting time in sports right now because um, just in the last few years, you've had like the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Mm-hmm. So with these NFL players refusing to kneel right. for the national anthem in opposition to police brutality and racism, that kind of set off this big wave. Yeah. Uh, we haven't so much seen that wave hit Canadian sports and specifically hockey in the same way that mm-hmm. it's like picked up in the US. So that's even more so why I wanted to do this podcast. But I also just think there's like, there's a certain opening to talking about these issues within the sports world now that didn't used to be there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I just want to go back and I know it's a bit cheesy to kind of keep cross-referencing podcasts in the Upford network, <laughs> but I was listening to uh, the scrum on my way over here. Yeah. And one thing that I thought that was really cool was like, they were interviewing Bob McKenzie, was, you know, this great hockey mind, hockey writer. Mm-hmm. And even him who was like, he's just, he's kind of, whatever this mainstream dude tsn broadcaster he's written a bunch he's an old white guy but even him he's talking about how the hockey world needs to change yeah i think you know like julian and and safia who are um you know different than most of the hockey world in the sense that they're not white i think you could really hear their like appreciation yeah yeah so i think that to me like open up or like it was just a clear kind of illustration, I think, of just these little pockets that are opening up. Yeah. yeah. Or, um, you know, I try to cover uh, indigenous hockey as much as possible. I'm not indigenous myself, but whenever I get a chance, I go to indigenous hockey tournaments because mm. I just think there's this incredible scene uh, an incredible community that's happening around indigenous communities when they get together right. uh, in hockey tournaments. And I think for the most part, you know, like, in general in Canada, we leave indigenous people out of our national yeah. narrative. And in mm-hmm. hockey, we leave indigenous people out of the narrative of the sport. Right. Um, so the next changing on the fly episode, that's going to come out hopefully by the end of this week, I got to get my ass to work because I've been on vacation <laughs> for the last two weeks. Um, it's uh, an incredible interview I did with a McGill student, a young McGill student named uh, Tomas uh, Jurosek, mm. who has been kind of fighting with the McGill administration to change uh, the, the team name, the Red yeah. Men, because oh, right, a lot yeah. of indigenous students are saying 
this is racist. And, you know, McGill's kind of come back and said, well, no, it's just a reference to like our school colors. And sure, but it used (laughs) like the team name used to be like the Indians, the squaws, they even called them. And so it does bear that burden of history. And so, um, and and you can't like, you can't tell people that they're not allowed to be offended by something, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't say like whether or not that's where they get their name. Like whether their name is literally just, yeah, we wore red shirts. So we call ourselves that like, if people are saying, well, it's a racial slur, so stop it, you have to listen to them and stop totally. it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous, Frank. Yeah. I mean, look, I have my share of problems with McGill, but this is just like the icing on the cake <laughs> at this point. I'm like, guys, just fucking, it takes five minutes. Yeah, it's so, it's so strange because it's like these things that we build into like, oh, it's tradition <clears throat> or it's all these kinds of things. And it's like, you're just you're just used to it. Yeah. And now that I'm in like making you more aware about the context surrounding what you, what you've chose to call it or whatever. Um, wouldn't that awareness enlighten you to be like, Oh, I realize now that this is not appropriate. I'm going to, no, no, I can't possibly change the thing that I'm used to. Come on. <laughs> right. You know? Well, and, and thinking about like the rebrand, right? Cause mm-hmm. like they would have to do a rebrand to make that happen. They have to print new jerseys for every new player they get, presumably on an annual basis. Like, I, I would imagine even returning players need new jerseys every year because they ruin the old ones, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just pay someone what? How much would you charge, Kate? You're an artist. How <laughs> much would you charge to make a new logo for them if they for, gave you a for new For McGill? Name? For rebranding yeah. for McGill? You're yeah. talking a, f- a few grand. They can afford it. They can yeah. fucking afford <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. When you talk about like the budget, like that's not a that's huge it, thing right? for them. Definitely. And it's a really important yeah. thing. Yeah. If they can afford like the nicest castle in Montreal on the hill <laughs> and that beautiful campus, they can afford a few grand. Yeah, that's yeah. It. exactly. Yeah. But I, I didn't even know that they're, I mean... Uh, I, I don't know many things about the indigenous population, I, I will say, but that's really interesting to hear that they have uh, tournaments and that they are, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to, to that you're looking to bring light to that is, mm-hmm. is really great. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's just to me, it represents this interesting tension because we always are saying, you know, hockey, it's Canada's game. But what does that mean mm. when you have this population living in the country that doesn't see itself as Canadian that is so invested in this sport? Right? You go right. to so many reservations or so many different commun- indigenous communities around mm-hmm. the country. Hockey is huge. Hockey is king. Mm. And and so, like, what? yeah, what does that mean? And also, what does it mean by the fact that there are so few indigenous players in the NHL, you know, I'm a huge Carey Price fan. He, of course, comes from an indigenous community out West. But I think, like, I did the tally recently, and there's today only six active indigenous players out of 800, give or take. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, what are the obstacles, right, right, to making it? And and people talk very openly about the obstacles. It's really hard for people to leave their communities and people just don't have the money. You know, Carey Price, his story is fascinating, right? Because his, so he's from Anaheim Lake, which is, uh, I don't know, BC super well, but it's far. Like, it's way out there, right? Northern BC. And his father had like one of those like little bush planes and would fly him in this little personal plane to like the nearest towns to to play games, right? right? So he he kind of had that privilege in a certain sense, but it's not every indigenous kid no, absolutely that is going to yeah. have that privilege. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, like when I think about like, I grew up poor-ish, mm. like, like we got by, but like we couldn't get stuff most of the time, right? Mm. And like 
that was a barrier even for me of entry to a lot of sports. Like totally. we could play soccer because in NDG, the soccer association let uh, parents be coaches. And if your mom was the coach, you got it to play for free. <laughs> right. So I got to play for free because my nice. mom was the coach, yeah. but like there were no other sports I could really do. Cause like, what do you need for soccer? Right. Especially yeah. if the league is letting you play for free. Like you just, yeah, that's need why cleats. it's such a big sport. Uh, yeah, totally. Planet. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the global it. sport for that reason. Anyone can just pick it up with a ball, but yeah, yeah. No, but hockey, hockey is way more expensive. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Thousands if of dollars. If your kid is a goalie, yeah. you're equipment. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> just, please don't play in that. Please. Don't yeah. play in that. Why would you want to stand in the way of, hard rubber being fired at you at a hundred miles an hour. Think about it. I want it. to mommy, please uh, let me get hit. Do you have a death, death wish? Yeah. Yeah. I knew a family. Why don't who, I just uh, drive you to like a shooting range and you can stand <laughs> in the way of stray bullets? Oh my God. Yikes. The goalies, goalies I think definitely have a little screw loose in their head and that's what makes them beautiful people. Oh yeah. 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 I remember that amazing Simpsons episode where Lisa ends up in nets and she's just like, oh, yeah. like her, her instincts is so, are so strong at deflecting things yeah, that are yeah. being thrown at her that she's <laughs> immensely good at it. <laughs> oh God. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. I knew a family who, um, the, the middle child, like they they were well off enough, like they were fine, but the, the middle child specifically went through so many different phases of like what he wanted to do with his time. And I remember I babysat them for a while and I remember at one point he specifically wanted to be a goalie. And I remember like the parents talking about it and just being like, yeah, I mean, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to play nets. We're going to, we're going to like encourage him or whatever, but yeah. it's expensive. He was also a really small guy. Oh. So like, I think at some point he just decided he was not going to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Moved on to like soccer or something. But yeah. 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 You probably have more of a chance succeeding, like being a successful small soccer player than a yeah. successful small goalie. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the low center of gravity makes you faster, right? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's how but that like, works. like when we were talking about the budget for McGill, like they can afford a few grand to, right. to get this logo redone or whatever. Um, programs like grants and, and community support, like mm. they're on the lower end of budget needs in terms of communities and stuff and it's like why can't we put the money there right. you know like do we need a new statue in a park that already has four do we need you know like all these different like choices that are made for budget budgetary reasons or like oh just wish that like if every community every uh, uh quartier, what's a quartier in english uh, yeah, had a had a sweet community center yeah you know that you could go to for free and participate in these sports because it is incredibly limiting yeah. uh the financial and mm-hmm. and location in terms of of sports development yeah. yeah and then another thing too i'll just say real quick is that you know of course hockey comes from this history and this beautiful tradition of playing outdoors right mm-hmm. so right. pond hockey yeah so i imagine like it, from its inception it was a much more accessible sport because right. what did you need you needed skates and a stick and you probably played with frozen horse manure <laughs> <laughs> so just right. find some frozen horse shit lying around yeah, yeah. um but you know uh so I, like i said i grew up in toronto not far from high park which is like a big park in the middle yeah. of the city and one thing that was amazing like in my childhood in in the 80s and 90s there there was a big pond grenadier pond and it would freeze over like it would be solidly frozen for several months of the year and it was just so beautiful going out i have all these amazing memories of playing pond hockey on that pond and now toronto of course it's always like a little bit more temperate than montreal you know montreal always like makes fun of toronto because it's like oh yeah do you remember that time they had a crazy snowstorm you called in the army (laughs) it's like montrealers will never let that go because that's like that's called like a tuesday in montreal (laughs) oh yeah yeah, it snowed. okay but um yeah we 
called in the army during a snowstorm. Because you needed to. (laughs) (laughs) That's so wrong. (laughs) It's not like they have those crazy, like, huge, massive beasts that we have in Montreal. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, like, even in Montreal, you know, too, like, there's this amazing, like, outdoor hockey tradition. With climate change, that's disappearing, right? Like, think about the last few winters, how much it's rained. I've tried. I've tried playing outdoor hockey. It's impossible. You show up at the rink one morning, and it's it's a puddle. Yeah. And so this is what our winters are going to look like more moving forward into the future. Mm. And how is that going to change about how we think about hockey in this country? You know, for all the talk about how, as Canadians, we love our landscapes, we love our nature. Mm. Well, we better start fighting for it more because otherwise these things we love and these things that we call Canadian are going to be gone in 10 years. Right. Oh my goodness! Sure. Yeah, yeah totally. sorry. I I bring the hope and I bring the <laughs> no, joy. No, no, but it, I just, it's just it's just the factors that you don't think about because yeah. you know when you brought out the pond hockey, I was like, ah, yeah, man, kids playing until like whatever hour because they would they had the pond, they had yeah. the, the, you know, but the fact that the pond is just fucking melted. <laughs> exactly, and this, this pond that I brought up in Toronto, I brought it up because it doesn't freeze over anymore. Like it'll yeah. get like it might get a tiny little Ugh. thin sheet of ice yeah. every winter, but now they consistently have signs all around saying like, do not go out on the ice yeah. yeah i wonder if that's a contributing factor to the the rise of the uh street i don't know if it's called street hockey but i feel like they have like ball. more ball hockey stuff yeah. now yeah maybe like I, I mean ball hockey's always been a thing too like yeah. i always used to love like yeah mm-hmm. car came on. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the closest i ever got but i'm also a bad skater yeah so it's like oh, yeah i can play it in my shoes cool <laughs> <laughs> totally oh totally. man that's crazy though. Yeah, that's that's a side of global warming I've never really thought about. It's mm-hmm. like the fun stuff we won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, you think a lot about like skiing, right? Like all these communities mm-hmm. that are really reliant on on skiing and tourism as yes. a source of income, like right. they're going to have to adapt. Um, and even like, like, it's not just global warming. It's It's like climate change, right? So like the mm-hmm. summers are getting hotter. The winters are just getting like weirder i would say because it's not like it's not cold like sometimes like these people who are denying climate change yeah. right are gonna be like well it's minus 11 in montreal today or like i remember there was like a debate about climate change in the u.s congress and like this weird like republican senator uh-huh. brought in a snowball as a problem was like look i just got a snowball from us like yeah that's not the point like obviously <laughs> it's still gonna snow it's just like the things that are changing are like there's more hurricanes or like the rain in the winter like i don't know if it's just me but like i And I've been living in Montreal for, I think, about 17 years now. But Mm -hmm. I don't remember that much rain in the winter, the first few winters I was here. Oh, no, no. We should be knee-deep in snow right now. Exactly. Like, it's ridiculous. This, like, up and down, this constant, like, oh, it's fucking 10 degrees outside. And then the next day, it's minus 20. Yeah. I think it's actually supposed to be, like above freezing tomorrow really yeah oh i thought we were headed into a cold snap but those things don't exist anymore because they change so quickly (laughs) exactly you know the unpredictability of climate changes it's not just like oh everything's gonna change to this like new climate that we will then get used to it's like this fluctuation and chaos that it brings on and i'll tell you something funny too it's like i i love the winter Uh i fucking love the winter and people always want to punch me when i say that because people hate the winter (laughs) montrealers love just like griping about oh the winter's so long nah, yeah. nah, nah. and um but i love it I, what, what can i say like i love winter sports i love cross-country skiing and uh my my wife is american and she grew up in ohio so it's like 
Ohio, like they get winters, but it's just like a short winter. It's kind of temperate. And mm. So she always wants to punch me when I'm like saying <laughs> there's not enough snow. And she'd be like, shut up. <laughs> but snow means comfort. Like it's rarely packed with snow and then like minus 40 totally. winds. Like it's the other stuff that it's brings a bit of, it's, I like the big fluffy sparkly stuff. It's like a comfort blanket. Yeah. 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 And then it's quiet. It's so quiet when there's a bunch of snow. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the snow. It's the ice. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't totally. handle the ice. Yeah, I don't want the ice. I don't ever the want slush. to know that there's ice. Yeah, even the slush I'll take. Really? Well, because it's a consequence of the snow. The slush is just like it's warm now, and the snow's gone. <laughs> right. But I the guess. ice. But because yeah. but now yeah. with how it is now, like slush is every couple weeks, oh, and it's, yeah. it's not yeah. like at the end of the season. It's I always <laughs> wonder what it's like for people working in hospitals, like nurses and doctors, like the morning or like let's say the night that there's. Uh, an ice storm yeah. and then what it's like just the next day in terms of the number of accidents <gasps> like so for many. the ERs it must just like if there's Sky a graphical like bleep, you know right. like way up and then it's dangerous like I, I've already fallen once this winter and hurt my knee so mm. you know and old people it's hard for them to yeah. get around it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it affects so many different things yeah. it's ridiculous I always get really grouchy when I leave the house in the winter because I'm like <laughs> slipping every couple steps yeah like I can't you know it it's bad when you like swear at the sidewalk for yeah. existing. Totally. <laughs> I've done that a few times this season. Yeah. Yeah, but, sure. but let me tell you though, it's, it, this is true. Like everything you're saying is true, but if you can just get out to these little spots, like for me, Mount Royal in the winter has mm. become this kind of sanctuary where like Ooh. I just bought myself a pair of cross country skis and I started going skiing on Mount Royal at night. And it's like, Ooh. it's an out of body experience mm. because you're just up there. You don't feel like you're in the city and it, it's just, it's magic. Mm. Like, I, that's the only way I can really describe. Like, you ski around, like, the cross, and I'm just, like, I'm right beside, like, the most iconic sign in Montreal, and you, like, <laughs> yeah. see the city below you. And, like, I, I, it almost makes me want to cry, like, thinking about it, because it's, like, it's so nice. Right. And, like, it's these kind of winter experiences that I say, like, I love winter. I don't think there's enough snow right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bring yeah, yeah, the yeah. snow. Make it colder. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. There, there's this tiny little wooded park wooded area near my house and we have um not rocket ships kate what are they called uh snowshoes they're called <laughs> they're called raquette in french that's where that came from <laughs> thank you Aaron. um and so my husband and i went it, it like lovely fluffy snow and we went out to this tiny and when you're like within it you don't see anything outside like so on the mountain you you don't you don't see the city and they were like there was a tree filled with cardinals at one point mm. and then you go a little bit further and there's the squirrels with because the, there's a nut guy in the area that puts a bunch of nuts out <laughs> so there's a shit ton of squirrels in the park and it like you say it's just this emotional moment of peace and tranquility and and it's just such a beautiful time to and because like there's no birds around most of the most of the birds are gone like the sounds are very uh, muted and it's yeah. just like magical mm. i i hear you or if people can get out of the city they should definitely do that too like i don't know if we're like I, it kind of feels like we're talking about winter survival strategies right now and i feel <laughs> right. like i have so many of them but um yeah even like because you know yeah for sure like in the city you have the slush you have the ice but if you can even get out to a place like on the west island there's Cap Saint Jacques, yeah. where it's still the city, but it doesn't feel like you're in the city. Mm-hmm. And you can roam around in the woods. You can ski there, do raquette, uh, snowshoeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Cap Saint Jacques, or even just like getting a little bit out out of the island, like the eastern townships, mm-hmm. like the Laurentians. I'm always telling people, it's like that's where the real beauty is. You know, it's not like you're not going to find the beauty beneath the slush in the city. Yeah, so you gotta mm. you gotta get out just a little bit. 
That's true. Yeah. That's true. Hi, I'm Candace Pye, and I'm the host of Gal Chat, a weekly podcast where we give you our feminist takes on everything from sex and dating to politics and pop culture. It's a show that updates you on controversial headlines, dives into the latest movies and TV, and discusses things like Tinder troubles and Me Too struggles. I put out a new show every Tuesday with special guests, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on social media at Gal Chat Pod. Hey you! Do you make stuff or want to make stuff? Are you having a bit of a time finding a space that fits all your functional needs? Well, good news for you, friend! That's because friend of the show, good boy George Poppy, is trying to figure all that shit out for you by creating a collaborative workspace for all your assorted production needs. Check out chaos.co, K-H-A-O-Z dot co. Fill out the form and let George know exactly what you've got going on that best suits your production needs. Let's make stuff, but you know, collaboratively, because only together can we save enough money to have a popper's dinner at Burger King. Chaos.co, K-H-A-O-Z dot co. Hi, I'm Tefera Jemian, one of the hosts of Yeah, a podcast on the Upford Network. We're talking about young adult literature, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what the YA genre can teach us at any age. Join me and my co-host, Hannah Bailey, as we talk about friendships, dating, family relationships, sexuality, experiences of queerness, body politics, and more through the lens of our favorite YA novels, as well as books we're just discovering. The Yeah Podcast, available through the Upford Network and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club, and you're invited. Do you guys want to go somewhere real beautiful right now? <gasps> sure! <Where's that? laughs> Take us there, kid. Welcome to the Cash Corner. That was an amazing segue, by the way. Tom Thanks. is the fucking king of segues. It's wonderful. Uh, welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. We're just going to cut straight to the chase here, the, the show isn't free. I almost said snow. So much snow in my brain. We've got hosting fees, ads to pay for, and frankly, a lot of people who deserve to be paid for their hard work. Thank you, Tom. We're currently bringing in about a third of the money we need per month to make this show at no cost to us. Want to help us get the other two-thirds of the way there? Please do! Our patrons get to tell us what to talk about every week, meaning you can give us money to basically co-produce the show. That's a lot of power for less than the cost of a cup of coffee. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month to us at patreon.com slash up for discussion you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like patrick gabriel kendallin candace carlea thomas george poppy jan jillian killian angie sarah angelica will and Anne. you'll get early access to bonus content little behind the scenes updates and all kinds of other sweet 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 perks as well and if you give at least five dollars a month you get to submit the featured question for an episode once per cycle on the show today's featured question comes from Thomas who asks people used to set their watch five minutes ahead so they wouldn't be late now we all have clocks on our phones that we can't set are we more punctual or do we just not care what do you guys think I got here late <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just figured that was the metro nope yeah fair enough I left uh, I left uh, I was putting the dogs away and I was you know you know just storing them just putting them in the drawers <laughs> locking the keys <laughs> I have kind of a funny story about that, actually. So um, I have a friend who, a dear friend, I won't name him, but let's just say a good friend of mine, who was chronically late, uh, <laughs> chronically, chronically late. <laughs> and so one time we were doing a road trip. We were going down to Vermont, a whole bunch of us. And we kind of knew, like, 
we all wanted to be on time. We were renting a car, so we had to meet at the rental place. And then we were trying to leave Montreal during rush hour traffic, mm-hmm. which was hellish. So we wanted to like meet, let's say, like 5 p.m. And so we knew that our friend was going to be, you know, chronically late. So we told him <laughs> to meet us. Uh, what was it? I think it was like an hour earlier than we were. Oh yeah. We, we told him to meet us at four, even though we were meeting at five, knowing that like he'll probably be an hour late. So we say wow. meet at four. So he actually gets there at four thirty. So, you know, in his, like according to his standard, like what he knows in his head, he's late. He's a half hour right, late, yeah. right. but he still showed up a half hour early than any of us had showed up. And so he gets there at his four 30. And of course we're actually getting there at five and he's at the car rental place. He's like, what the fuck? Where are my friends? So he just fucks off to go like get a oh, hamburger. No. And then we get there and it's five. We're like, Oh, where is he? And we finally call him. He's like, yeah, what the hell? Sorry, I'm banging the table. No He's like, I, I got here at, at 4.30 and uh, no one was here, so I just left. And we we're like, ah, oh, this was a whole ploy. Yeah, that was the to- first time yeah, that you yeah. tried to manipulate yeah. So it's like, you know, you're a late friend. I know you can do that thing where you just go to their house and then like set all their clocks. <laughs> uh, oh my now God. you can't do that. But we have all these like funny ways of... Um, systematizing time right yeah. like now with like Google maps that'll give you like this very precise indication of like, you got to get to a certain place where you're going and you know, it'll tell you the amount of time it takes. Right. And that, that's a funny technology. We didn't have that before. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah, it yeah, make yeah. people more on time? I don't know. I'm a very yeah. punctual person. Yeah. You'll notice I got here early. Yeah. Well, so. you got here 10 minutes early. I think, I think getting here 15 to 10 minutes early is like totally cool. Yeah, <laughs> I think if someone's more than fifteen minutes early without a heads up, that's, that's not it's cool. an imposition on yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but you know where that comes from? That comes from like radio, right? Because I've sure. been doing radio for so long, and if you do live radio, you can't you can't be late to your live radio <laughs> show, yeah. right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If your show starts at five p.m. and if you show up at five thirty, there's gonna be dead air. Right. You can't just be like, oh, sorry to your listeners, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it really depends on the consequences of the. Yeah. Uh, of the thing like I'm, I'm usually on time when I come here I, I, I try to be on time but I'm, I'm, I've been fucking up a lot of things lately <laughs> <laughs> so that's slipping um, but I was thinking on the way over I was like I'm going to apologize to Tom for being late and Tom is just going to say it's okay don't worry about it yeah. and it was just like but that doesn't mean I wasn't late Right. You know, like it doesn't erase the fact that I was late. So it's on me to because you're a good guy. Yeah. You're not going to be like, fuck you. Well, and you're you're also like you got here at like 602. Like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. not like, again, I think like if you're like zero to 10 minutes late, it's also fine. Totally. I wouldn't go any longer than 10, you know? Yeah. Well, oh, I'd yeah. say 15. 15? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, 15. I'm nicer. With a early. notification. <laughs> yes. If, yeah. If possible. Well, and maybe that's the thing is that, you know, I don't know if, you know, having the time on our phones makes us more punctual, but definitely mm. like the fact that most of us have cell phones now, yeah. you expect a text. And so for me, if I'm like meeting up with a friend at a cafe and if they're running more than 15 minutes late, I don't know. I, I just bring a book and I assume right. that people are going to be late, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it rarely bothers me unless there's some kind of like immediate need to be there at a certain yeah. like if you're meeting up for a movie or whatever. Bro. But otherwise, <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's one of those ones where you're like, we're gonna meet up beforehand to get food because then if you're late, you're late for the part that doesn't matter as much. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I want yeah. that middle middle spot. That's it. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got that seat once. I got that seat at the opening day of Les Misérables uh-huh. back in like 2012. I sat right in the center of the theater. It was Christmas Day. Uh- <laughs> The theater got packed. It was 
a beautiful experience. It was, it was <laughs> oh, you feel way. good when you hit that middle middle and you keep, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Although the best way to see Russell Crowe jump off a bridge and just. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're about you're about to to challenge the middle middle sweet spot. Oh you? no, I was just gonna say getting food before a movie is also pretty important too. Don't want to <laughs> yeah. discount that. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say as well is that I think like like punctuality, it's like a very culturally specific concept, right? Sure. So you think about um, a country like. Germany or Switzerland where I haven't actually seen this myself, but I've heard people tell me this, that like the trains are so crazy punctual that like they're time to the second. So you'll just watch like wow. the, the clock countdown. And then it's just like, it's very much a German thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. we need to run this country on time. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best German accent. Um, sorry to your German listeners, but yeah. So I think that's like a very like Western European idea of like, yeah, you have to be super driven and super, you know, it's like with the, the swatch, right? Like that's all, that's from Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, right? like yeah. The yeah, Swiss yeah. are crazy about these things. Um, whereas, you know, I just think in other countries, like punctuality is just like not a thing. You yeah. Know? yeah like, I've heard that Africans tend yeah. to be way more chill about when they're getting somewhere. Uh, my best friend's uh, boyfriend is Senegalese. And that was like a big thing when they started uh, dating of like saying they're, they're, she's going to meet him at his place at a certain time. And then there's there's just like nothing like she can't ring the doorbell is not going to do anything. She was like throwing rocks at his window. <laughs> just be like, fuck, I'm here, yeah. you know, but just like. Totally. This, uh, there, there's a certain beauty too in like oh, the whole, like the whole idea of like taking life off the clock. Which yeah, I yeah. Like, you know, and, and not feeling super beholden to that regimen. Yeah. yeah, it's only a problem when the, when the two worlds collide. Yes. Yeah. If you're either on one side or the other, everything's fine. But well, then yeah, if it's it. two people from different worlds, it's like, why aren't you here? Totally. Punctual people can't be friends with people who live on Africa time. They just can't. Right. Like, yeah. Or like, I, I can't be friends with someone who might show up 45 minutes late without telling me. I just can't do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Unless it's like, I think if it's like a house thing, if you're hosting people and you've told them like, I don't know, come over like whenever yeah yeah yeah, yeah i wouldn't want them there much later than seven but if they got there at like 6 30 6 45 like whatever yeah and there's also the, the bystander effect of like if they're, if you're going to a gathering then it's like ah yeah a bunch of people are gonna yeah. be there on time i don't need to worry so much and then you get there and it's like ah fuck right. the, the host is just like trembling because none of his friends are there yeah i had a, a creative partner for a while who um everyone listening to this knows exactly who I'm talking about uh would like consistently not show up on time for things uh to the point where if we made plans I would intentionally I would do the half hour thing yeah and it would work because we'd be meeting at a place where one of us would be right uh-huh so either I would already be at the house and I would know that he'd show up half an hour late for the time I told him which was the right time yeah yeah or I would get there like half an hour later than I told him I would so that he'd actually be ready for me to be there. Yeah. Uh, but one time he was napping in his office at the time I was supposed to show up and I had no way of reaching him. And I just waited around for like half an hour trying to get in touch with him and finally ditched and went home. Oh. Um, you know. But it's like, yeah, like you can't, if people are relying on you, if you're hosting, yeah. you can't like, you can't be the one who screws up the time, mm-hmm. you know? 
No, no, yeah, exactly. The if you're a doctor yeah. in an ER, <gasps> you can't just show up late for your shift and be like, oh, I'm sorry to all those people who came in with gunshot wounds. <laughs> yeah, I think again. Oh, fuck, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, the yeah. one that drives me nuts is, is hospitals and stuff, yeah. where they're like, you've got a meeting at 1230, like be at your appointment on time, and then you get there and you wait until like two before they'll see you. Yeah. yeah, well, because I mean, as soon like people are like, there's so many variables in yeah. in, in the medical business. So then, one the, your first person at 8 a.m. takes fucking an hour more than you expected, and right. all your other appointments are fucked. Yeah. Like it's really not cool. Do you or think did, that happens in Germany? Do are German hospitals just like oh, they super kick you efficient? out as soon as your appointment is done? Is like you're you're gone. Get out of here. I'm open. <laughs> No, I think that would probably happen more in the U.S. where it's like privatized Medicare. It's like, oh, you can't pay for this appointment anymore. Oh, oh right, yeah. Can't pay to be in the ER any longer. Get out Shall of here. Bye. Can yeah. you affo- afford an extra hour of surgery? No, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to have legs. stitches. Aren't done. You're just like you don't get to have legs. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I've absolutely done the, the self manipulation of like setting clocks. But then as mm. soon as you you do it yourself, then you know. Mm. So then you 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 dive into this fucked up realm of like you know it's it's early, but that's still the time you register, and then yeah. you're just in this cloud of like not really knowing what time it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That my might. I I'm never late for something unless it's within five minutes of my house. <laughs> like if I'm meeting someone, there's a really good cafe up the street from us. Yeah. Uh, on Monkland and if I am meeting someone for breakfast or like for a coffee or something I will always be 10 minutes late for that by accident because I'm like because you know it's right there yeah Yeah. it takes like five minutes to walk there except it doesn't it takes 10 Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just you know. Oh, that yeah. the 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 ADD plague of of like I got time. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. just you don't like you're yeah. gonna find a bunch of shit that you weren't planning to do. That's gonna so like my New Year's resolution. I haven't made one of these in several generations. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy New Year, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Happy New Year. Happy, <laughs> Happy New, New Year, everybody. Um, is to get ready to leave half an hour before I actually have to leave. So oh. then that last half hour, can I can do whatever the fuck I want, but I'm showered, I'm, I've eaten, I'm, you know, dressed, hopefully. Right. Um, and then, of course, I planned that, and then the next day I did all the opposite. <laughs> it was like, I haven't managed to get back. But it's a good, just like... To, because I'm 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 putting stress in moments that I don't need to be stressed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I already have enough stress in other other realms. I right. can control this. So if I can just like get up and fucking do all that shit, and then I'm like, oh okay, no matter what happens, I have plenty of time before I leave. Right. Then it's good. That yeah. would be the ideal. Yeah, yeah. I just think everyone should like carry around a really good book. Honestly, like <laughs> yeah, like this, yeah. I'm reading an amazing book right now. So if I'm meeting a friend who's late, I'm like, thank yes. you, <laughs> more time with my book. <laughs> and and yeah, I what are you know. reading? I'm reading a book by Octavia Butler, who was this amazing oh. sci-fi writer. Um, so she she passed away, unfortunately, I, I believe about ten years ago. But just wrote this amazing like. Uh, feminist like Afrocentric sci-fi mm. and it's really it's her stuff is very dystopian so it's scary to read it now because a lot of Ooh. her books are set in like the 2030s and you're like wait a minute that's not that far that's, away yeah, yeah. and it's uh, I was talking about adaptability before so I've actually been thinking so much about adaptability because that's a big theme in a lot of her books is mm. adapting to a world that's crumbling around you and it's a bit more extreme than the conditions that we're living in in North America but it's stuff like if you think about The Handmaid's Tale right so a lot of people like either read the book or like watch the show and Mm -hmm. they're like that's really scary but then maybe what's scarier than the show is the fact that what they're depicting the show is like not that many steps removed from like 
what the craziest people in like the Trump camp want to take us towards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like that kind of thing of like, it's (laughs) sci-fi, but it's also like speculative fiction too. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like looking at how things could be. Mm -hmm. Anyways, the book is called a parable, the talents. It's part of a trilogy. Highly, highly recommend it to people. And it's like, yeah, if you got a late friend, read some Octavia Butler and think about how the world is going to shit. (laughs) I've got the, uh, the New York times crossword app on my phone. For when people are running uh, late for things. Also an awesome pastime. Yeah. I just it. Google Trump. Oh. I'm still doing this. This has been this Wait, has been a problem. It, is that the one where it shows up as idiot? No, that's if you Google idiot. It oh shows yeah, yeah, it shows a Trump. picture of Trump. Oh my God! Today I saw a, a photo. Someone photoshopped uh, Trump with a bald head and a, a like salt and pepper beard. <laughs> He looked like a fucking like supervillain, seriously. And the poster's just saying like he should just go ahead and do it, you yeah. know? He's like, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just put Trump in Google and press search, and I just I just cry. Yeah. I read through his Twitter feed a bit. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing I'm noticing. And also, what I that uh, I often go to his Twitter posts and then go to see the comments, and it's if if I'm there early, like mm. very quickly after his his post. It's a lot of support, right. a lot of support for what he said. And you uh-huh. go there a little bit later and then it's just like, whoa, the balance yeah. shifts. And then it's yeah. all the rational people that are poking <laughs> holes in what he said. The thing I find wild with Trump, I, I saw this like hashtag that was going around where people were encouraging you to uh, go through Trump's list of followers, find the ones that are really obviously bots uh-huh. and report them as fake accounts so that his follower count would drop. Oh. And like, he lost like 10,000 followers this way or something. Whoa. Like people were really doing this and like saying like, yeah, if every person who sees these tweets, like d- reports six of his followers or whatever, yeah. he'll just lose all of his fake followers. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And I'm bored. So I was starting to scroll through. I just kept finding like, real people like all of them were (laughs) real and then also a lot of people who like I think like I was like oh that's weird I like you why do you follow Donald Trump because (laughs) there's so many like comedians will follow him so Mm -hmm. they can immediately make jokes about it right yeah like why are you contributing to his online presence Mm -hmm. like you can just google him every couple hours if you want to make jokes yeah yeah yeah, totally yeah yeah. and that because it's just I mean the bot thing is like yes there are millions of them yeah but um, people are using that and as soon as they disagree with someone's opinion they're like you're a bot and right. I'm like buddy <laughs> so a lot of those 10,000 were probably people right. <laughs> you know that were just yeah. harassed to get yeah. off the platform I think yeah. like I, I'm I'm not one who's so big on New Year's resolutions but I think if I had one this year mm-hmm. it would be to try to do less of the scroll you know like that whole thing of just <gasps> yeah. like scrolling because it's like we and I'll just like throw myself in there I think we as a society are so addicted to social media, yeah. mm. um, you know, and I find it hard. Like it's that allure of just like wanting that kind of quick the novelty, of every, yeah. something to do when you're late or your friend is running late, yeah. you know, like scroll through Instagram or whatever. <clears throat> but I think like it's to me, it's just ironic that we call it social media because I really see this like anti-social media. Oh my God, you know, you're it's so like, right. And, and it's just like it's, it's so strange to me how as a society we're, we're getting like really a lot more um atomized and in into our own bubbles mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me i'm losing my voice it's been a long day <laughs> um but yeah like i don't know and so but i i always feel myself doing that too and i'm very i try to be self-aware when i'm out in public and if i'm on my phone is it just contributing to this weird overall kind of zombie like society like it is a little bit scary sometimes when you look around you and if you're on the metro if you're on the bus 
and everyone is on their phone. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying like whatever, like people probably have a lot of good reasons to be on their phone. Sure. I think following the news is good. Being in touch with friends is really good. And I recognize that a lot of our life is just like through our phones, but it's just, it's weird. And yeah. we got to learn how to talk to each other as human beings again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're losing that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, like, yeah, all the subtleties of, of in, in the voice are lost. Like, I love how I, I had read an article a little while ago about how uh, the the youth, you know, the youth, <laughs> have their own language online mm. and that they have filled in the gaps of tone through capitalization, through emoticons, through all these different things. Right. Um, so they can actually communicate in a far more clear way because it's a new language. But I'm not on that, I'm not on that train. I don't know how to do yeah. that. So I'm constantly like, what do they mean? What does it mean? What is yeah. it? I'm like technically youth still. Like I'm 25. I'm young. Yeah. But like, you know, I see Johan tweet shit and I'm like, I like this tweet. I don't get this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. One, one of my latest obsessions has been, um, the, oh, this is going to sound really weird now because I'm going to talk about teenagers. And I was going to say, one of my latest obsessions is looking at teenagers on Instagram. That sounds really <laughs> fucked up. Okay. I'm going to like rephrase that. All right. One of my, okay. I'll, Rewind, start again. Um, so I have some friends who have teenage kids. Right. And I follow them on Instagram, you know, at the blessing of yeah. their parents. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> going around as a creepy adult looking for teenagers on Instagram. Hashtag right. but, teenage but, 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 <laughs> but one thing I love about seeing these kids' Instagram accounts, is especially like Quebecois teenagers, the way that they're communicating. Because, like, French is my second language. Mm-hmm. And then to see social media French these days in oh, the man. way that whoa I'm like it's 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 a whole other language oh, like you yeah. were saying is and, it I, yeah. I wasn't aware oh, of this fascinating yeah the way people are texting each other too because you look at it and it's like okay I know this is French if I <laughs> read it crap, out loud really? it kind of sounds French but it's to not, that extent it's not recognizable as French either whoa yeah. and, well yeah. it'll be like I've, I've noticed this too like uh, in my like francophone Facebook friends yeah it'll be something like instead of saying qu'est-ce que c'est yeah. like what is I think that's just what is right mm-hmm. it'll be like K-S-K-C yeah so K-S-K-C. they'll just like shorten everything into like a string of letters qu'est-ce oh right and and it's like all like weird little like Everything's shortened, which makes sense because that's oh, what we do it's in what English Quebec, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Quebec is particularly like yeah. everything is mashed together, so that makes perfect sense. I yeah. just didn't know because I haven't been in the. I grew up uh, like I did all my education in, in French, um, and, but then as I left school, then I got jobs in English, and then right. met my uh, husband who's anglophone. So like I've I've been away from that for a mm. long time, and now that I'm teaching improv in French, a lot of French from France. So uh, again, like removed right. from the Quebec <laughs> French. So that's it makes perfect sense that it, that's evolving too. I just have been around it i'm gonna follow some teenagers can i get the consent to follow those teenagers this is weird (laughs) verging on the uh awkward it's an emotionally honest comedy podcast (laughs) (laughs) you wanted to know what that entailed well here you go it's social research (laughs) yeah yeah totally um so we have time at this point to do either the wild wild web or a question from the turtle's butt uh, I'm gonna let you choose. Do you want to talk about a thing from the internet? Or do that you is weird. Answer a question Julian McKenzie put in the turtle. What's the turtle's butt? <laughs> Look over there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Let's do the turtle's butt. Let's do it. Yeah. Since you're so intrigued. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Re- reach in. Okay. Right. Reach in. We're gonna jump into the turtle's <clears throat> butt now. We have a lovely stuffed turtle here who doubles as a cup holder. We filled his butt with questions from you. 
and also from past guests of the show. And spoilers, today is a past guest of the show. If you want to submit a question, you can give us a dollar on Patreon or leave a question in a review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Um, by the way, okay, before, before I answer this question, I should just say people should Google uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, Turtle Boy. <gasps> and there's a crazy statue in the town of Worcester, Massachusetts of a boy and a turtle. I'm just going to say that because people should go Google it. Oh, I, I thought of that <laughs> yes. when I was like pulling the question out of the turtle's butt. It better be good, Aaron. It, it better be goddamn good. good. That's what I would have <laughs> talked about about internet things. Okay, so this is a question from Julian McKenzie. Yay. He's a past guest, of course. And he asks, what's, oh, this is a great question. Ooh. I'm glad I pulled this out. It's, <laughs> what song is your current guilty pleasure? Ooh. So, you like also do a music podcast. I do. Not yeah. on our network, so I haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. I figured we'd start the show talking about insular things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you do a music podcast. I do, yeah. It's called The Rebel Beat. Um, it grew out of a weekly radio show I was doing at CKUT for like 10 years. It was like a ska and reggae and punk show. <laughs> then uh, I had a great 10 year run with that. Couldn't keep doing it for a whole bunch of reasons and then it kind of morphed and then I and then it became a show that was about political music so like protest music of different continents and different genres so I would do like folk music things like you know Bob Dylan and Pete Seeger and then I would do like uh hip-hop music and then punk music and so yeah like always looking at like the, the lyrical um content of songs too and then unfortunately I just kind of put that podcast to rest okay um I don't know why I started stroking. Yeah, that was a beautiful I was moment. Like, I just I was, stroked the turtle. I was going to pick up the turtle and then as if the turtle was my podcast, I was going to like Aww. gently like put him to sleep. Oh my goodness. Like, his eyelids. I'm not going to kill you because I don't want to say I'm killing you, Mr. Rebel Beat Podcast Turtle, but I'm just going to put you to sleep for a while. And when I am ready, I will wake you up again. And so that, that's what I, that's what I'm doing. Oh my, my goodness. Um, that was, that was weird. But, but that, uh, it goes to show how much you care about it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. Um, so it was a monthly thing and it was a lot of fun. And um, I was doing it with this great record label called Firebrand Records mm-hmm. uh, that um, uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, he started that record label. And then my friend Ryan Harvey is a great folk musician in Baltimore was like, hey, you should do your podcast with us. And so that, that's that been amazing. But I've just found lately, because I work a nine to five job mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to do two podcasts mm-hmm. on top of that. And it's right. just it's impossible. Yeah. So I had to I, I really wanted to keep going with changing on the fly. And so I, I, I eventually just had to say, you know what, I don't want to stop doing the rebel beat completely, but I'm just going to kind of stop putting it as a monthly thing. You know, I sure. had a whole bunch of like Patreon supporters and then all of a sudden I felt really beholden because they're, they're giving me money yeah, every yeah, month. Absolutely. Right. And if I can't put it out every month, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to put out the podcast whenever I can. Right. And so that might mean once every two months, once every yeah. three months. But they don't get charged unless you post like that given month. Yeah. So they exactly. can like stay pledged I switched to you. I switched and... it to oh, that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So, uh, so yeah, but it's, you know, if people want to check it out, I've got 92 episodes that are up now. I, I really want to make it to 100. Right. <clears throat> That's my goal. And so hopefully that'll happen. 
Uh, but yeah, so the, so in terms of what song is my current guilty pleasure, uh, definitely "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey because <laughs> I kind of like I know it's like one of these like classic '80s songs, yeah. and I just kind of came back to it recently because I've never been one who's been like really into pop music, and and I kind of even though '80s I don't know I mean '80s at a time was pop music, mm. yeah, but. Um, you know, and there's of course like '80s music is like cool again, like yeah, very, totally, yeah. But it's just like there's 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 a certain kind of mm, like with with these '80s like epic like stadium rock songs where I I haven't been out to see the the Queen movie Bohemian Rhapsody hmm. yet, and I whatever I've heard mixed reviews, yeah. but I I still want to go because I just, I also find with Queen there's just like one of these bands where you don't really have to be into their music. Well, if you pro- if you hated their music, you'd probably hate the film. Sure. But like yeah. it's just this kind of thing of like we're gonna write this song that is basically a song that is you know and I'm doing this weird pulsing thing with my arms <laughs> that is meant for stadiums and it's like we are gonna get you moving all 200,000 of you in this stadium and that's kind of um, like that song by Journey is a little bit like that where it's just got this like crazy like guitar solo and like the falsetto vocals like don't stop believing fucking love it you know yeah um, yeah and so incidentally it it became my new karaoke song Nice. If I have to go out and do karaoke, and I'm not a huge fan of karaoke, but that's like you want to bring the house down. Yeah, yeah. it's one of my two or three karaoke songs I'll do. The other one being uh, "Men Without Hats" uh, safety dance. Sure, um, yeah, because they're a Montreal band, and yeah. like that's such an amazing song. So. My elementary school music teacher briefly played with them <gasps> at one point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I just know him as Mr. Nick. I don't, I don't know what his last name was, but I remember in elementary school he told us that at one point, and it meant nothing because yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, of course. Later yeah. in life, I hear about men without hats. I'm like, oh, does that sound so familiar? Yeah, you're like, you were the safety dance guy, <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe. Did he? Did he just lie? No, did I think Mr. He maybe Nick like, lie. He maybe was like on a recording or something, like in studio. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> he might have also lied. I might have to send you to go get an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> It works around the corner. Whoa. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Let's go knock on that door. Yeah. <laughs> knock on an elementary school's door at six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's on brand with what I did earlier. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, guilty pleasure music. So we just got out of the Christmas season, but that doesn't mean that I'm done singing Christmas songs oh, constantly. Oh, my God. <laughs> For me, it's uh, it's it's baby. It's cold outside. I know this was the year when everyone on the internet railed against how bad that song is. Yeah. That doesn't stop me from constantly having it stuck in my head. <laughs> well, as long as you know it's original intentions, then yeah. you're like you're not like, yeah, this song is awful, but I still sing it. Right. It's like, I know what, what the... That song cracks me up because I grew up hearing that song, and I think I loved the Louis Armstrong version. And then, yeah, I saw it was like one of the biggest stories in Canada this year, and mm-hmm. I kind of missed that, so I went back. And I, and I and I read the lyrics again, and then I was like, "Oh my god, this is quite dark. Like, this is a very rapey song." Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying this to like shame you because it's like again, it's like I grew up with that, and I know that like you know yeah, like if the thing is is it got banned on CBC I think right. for a period, and it got banned on a lot of stations. But the funny thing to me is like if we actually started banning. 
um, like all music that was kind of rapey, it's like you'd have to ban a lot of music. Oh fuck, yeah. like so much music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I find it so like it's it's always it's very often the case when like something explodes and then it's like this thing is the worst. This thing is the devil. It's therefore people have to do something about this right. thing. Mm-hmm. So that's when like banning the songs. But, um, and I, I'm going to butcher this, but like the, the, it wasn't a rapey song when it came out yeah. right. because of the situation of women in those days. And that right. she actually wanted to stay and it was like an excuse to stay and right. like these different things. So it's like, but yeah, like you say, fuck, there are yeah. so many songs that go way over the line, <laughs> yeah. way more than the what's, that. What's this in my drink line is a little... Uh... Well, so, so so what it is is like, I'm going to jump to the defense okay. of this song. Yeah. I think this song, like, by today's... St- you couldn't write this exact song today. No. You couldn't. The, the social, like, setting of the song initially yeah, yeah. was one where, like, they had to do this sort of dance. And all of the lines are sort of like, he knows she wants to stay. She knows she wants to stay. They're not allowed to say it. It's it's kind of taboo, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a flirty back and forth. Mm-hmm. You definitely couldn't do that today. Right. Right. But it's like, I, it, so in that sense, like, I don't think there should be new recordings of it currently. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, no. like stop covering the song yeah. like, because of the interpretation now. That's but, it. Yeah. But if it pops up in my shuffle, like if I get the like Glee cast <laughs> version of it while I'm shuffling my Glee music yeah. while right. cooking dinner, <laughs> which is a thing that happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not going to skip it because Kurt and Blaine are my OTP. Yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, fuck. I, th- no one's no one's fucking banning Maroon 5 songs. So many of those are constantly weird. talking about getting drunk and and going to a place where the woman he's who left him doesn't want him to be and him like basically forcing his presence on her and it's like mm-hmm. no one's banning that shit nope yeah yeah, yeah. i'm telling you i yeah. was about to say that people aren't banning like half of robin thick's catalog but actually to be fair people ban like half of robin thick's catalog Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, My, my, I don't have a specific song, but I, I am still struggling at age 36. Um, admitting i love pop music and i fucking love pop music uh, when you said you that journey is your your guilty pleasure music uh-huh. right now i was like i'm not gonna say that they're my favorite band but they might be my favorite band really <laughs> like i i think i would honestly Whoa. like like elvis costello is my favorite like songwriter yeah like if i had to pick like a person uh-huh it's uh-huh. it's him hands down and like my favorite band that currently does stuff and this is embarrassing is lady antebellum but <laughs> But Journey is like I think all time they're my favorite. That's cool. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's exactly. just a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And also, you brought up Glee. I just recently saw like the Glee version of "Don't Stop Believing," right. which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, they yeah. they ended up doing like four different versions of it throughout the course of that series. Nice. They just kept no, <laughs> not nice. They oh, just right. kept coming back to it. Okay, <laughs> it got more and more. I don't like, know that derivative. much about Glee, so. But. Oh, it was a bad that show. That seems like a really it. odd choice to go yeah. back to that song. All well, because it was in the first episode. It was very like iconic for them. Right. And then at the I think at the end of the first season they bring it back. And then I think they brought it back like again a couple seasons later and then possibly a fourth time if memory serves. And it's like, you guys gotta you guys gotta not. You gotta yeah. stop <laughs> believing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so what's your like guiltiest pleasure pop music then? Fuck. Uh, like what's one that if you were dancing to it in the kitchen alone and Paul came home, you'd be like, shit. Oh no, he's, he's seen so much. (laughs) Although I do still do the, well, I wasn't dancing. (laughs) Even if he knows I live for kitchen dancing. Um, I'm listening to a lot of Ariana Grande at the moment. Um, and, and the, uh, thank you next 
I, I, I kind of don't like the general tone of it, except for the bits where she's like happy that she's counting on herself now. Yeah. Um, but I was like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, Stefan, one of our uh, friends, it loves pop music and, and, and but has very strong opinions on things. Right. And I was like, I texted him. I'm like, oh my God, I'm loving this song. And then he was like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I don't. And I was like, immediately. You know, as soon as there's like a, a close friend who, who doesn't like the thing that you like, and then you're just like, oh no, I well, shouldn't like Stephane this anymore. Like it. Yeah, yeah. That I have to... I have to deal with that problem <laughs> um but yeah and, it, and then and then it becomes this like hidden thing mm. when it's it was big before yeah. but yeah fucking love anything that makes my body move i'm yeah. down i love well, it i mean people love pop music for a reason i think is because it's it's good music right like it's music that's almost engineered to like jive with our brains yeah right? yeah yeah, to yeah make us want to sing along to it to make us move the production value for a lot of pop is so high right so it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah i i grew up listening to a lot of like diy punk which sounds like it's recorded right. in a garbage can <laughs> you know and it's like so there's something to be said about just songs where you can actually hear what the singer's saying mm-hmm. you can hear all the richness of someone's yeah. voice too. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i yeah. remember that uh paul telling me about um uh, ri- River, what's uh, Weezer? River, River Phoenix, isn't that an Rivers act? Cuomo. Rivers Cuomo. There we go. That's yeah. an actor. <laughs> there, um, about how he he there was a period in his life where he studied what makes a good pop song. So then yeah. he had that equation in his mind, and that's why his like uh, collaborations and stuff are always like number one immediately because yeah. he like knows what what the pop song needs to be. Very and, poppy guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it's it's strange to have that like. Um, and they do, they pump out so much of this stuff. And it, like, sometimes the lyrics, often the lyrics are so bad, mm-hmm. but everything else that goes into it is so like direct to the brain juices and the hearts, yeah. the hearts bump and the, the sparkles <laughs> that you're like, I don't care. I love this shit. Yeah. You know? Oh, one, one quick thing I'll say, cause just cause we're talking about music is just a couple of nights ago. Um, I watched the documentary about MIA, the singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, I think it's just called Matangi or MIA. And it blew my mind. If people are into like music documentaries, mm-hmm. um, oh my God. And like, it's just talking about pop stars, like MIA to me is like one of the most fascinating pop stars of our generation. Mm-hmm. And beautiful, beautiful film. Uh, people should check it out. It's so good. Oh, I'm so happy that you brought yeah. that up because I'd seen something about it and I really wanted to watch it and completely <laughs> forgot about it. So I'm going yeah. <laughs> to try and check that out. Well yeah, worth sure. a watch. Awesome. Speaking of things that are worth watching, last week I got yelled at for not having seen Black Panther yet. Uh, I watched <gasps> it last night and it is fantastic. Yes, it is. Julian, please stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. I just felt like I needed to like to bring to bring that up. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Well that brings us to the end of our show. Oh my goodness. Aww. Aaron, thank you. This was super yes. great. Yes. Yeah. You're like, Thanks show. for having me. Very insightful and very fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I you know it um I was, as I said at the beginning, intimidated about being on a comedy podcast and uh You did great. Yeah. You guys were uh very nice and friendly to me. And it wasn't that bad, and I'm sweating. But I think that's just because I sweat in general. No, it went really well. I think the only thing that I could foresee as potentially a problem is if this turtle statue is not uh, as much as you've sold it to be. Oh, no, but you're going to see right as soon as this ends. We're going to Google it. Okay. Okay. Listeners are going to Google it, and then you'll probably get like a million messages next week being like, Holy oh shit, God. the turtle statue. Okay, okay, fantastic. But other than that. Yeah, I, I think otherwise. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. yeah. Guys, uh, if you if you Google the turtle statue, I want you, actually, everyone who's listening to this at this everyone. point, I want you to Google that turtle statue. It's the 
turtle statue, turtle and boy in N- Worcester? Turtle boy, Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester is like spelled Worcester or something. Like, right. like the sauce. No, more like the town in England. But anyways, yeah. people find just Turtle Boy, Massachusetts, which also is hard to spell, too. It's fucking New Because Turtle Boy could lead us down some dark roads. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Google it. Post the first picture you find to your Instagram with no context. <laughs> yes. That's my challenge to you. You might get in trouble for bestiality, and that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Man, Massachusetts is weird. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. Uh, if you guys like this episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Like we said before, for as little as a dollar a month, you can tell us what to talk about on the show, which is So crazy. much power. Yeah. We, we give you, frankly, too much power. Please abuse it. Give us your money. Yep. Uh, we also have merch. If you want to support us one time instead of making a monthly pledge, you can click the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from the lovely friends that we have over at Tee Public. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also support us for free by leaving a rating or review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And if you do that, you can leave a question in your review and we will put it in the butt. So, you know. Uh, for Kate Hammer, it's the back. It's the back. It's the back. It's the back of the turtle. It's the back of the turtle. Well, shove it in there. <laughs> Share this episode with a friend who likes hockey. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe a friend who's into pop music. Uh huh. Uh huh. A friend who is constantly late. All the fucking time. Uh. <laughs> oh, or if you're a person who's late, share this with someone Yourself? that you're supposed to meet up with this week, and tell them you might want to download this <laughs> to listen to while waiting for me to show up. <laughs> then that means they're going to be an hour late, though. That's so. yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, that's it gives you an excuse. It gives them something to do while they wait for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Down with Talking, and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. At Red Random. Aaron Lakeoff. Or change. Yeah. What's the Twitter handle for on, uh, changing on the flights? On changing because Twitter was running out of handles. Yeah. I feel right. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does anyone know how to think? Pugh. Words are so hard. They're I'm so, so tired. hard, Tom. Plugs. Plugs. Anyone have plugs? <laughs> Uh, just that, uh, yeah, I'd, I've been loving a lot of the podcasts on the Upper Network, uh, Last Stretch, uh, The Scrum. I also listened to recently uh, Gal Chats. Uh, I actually heard the interview with you, and I thought oh, cool. that was like really touching and like heartwarming Thanks. and funny and cool. And I know it's not cool to just do this weird like plugging all the shows in the network but uh i feel like i got to know you even before coming here oh which was my nice. goodness yeah that's so a very nice. fun interview yeah. yeah but otherwise oh i've been listening to this podcast called uh the the atlantic magazine called it the best podcast of 2018 it's uh the caliphate it's fucking it's heavy it's yeah. about isis but fascinating uh and then also um everyone should listen to the podcast thunder bay produced by canada land mm-hmm. which is this amazing exposition on the town of Thunder Bay uh, but those are two very very heavy podcasts and so maybe don't listen to them if you're looking for a laugh but look, listen to them if you're like I want to really figure out all this dark stuff in the world well cool. yeah. if you are in the mood for a lighter laugh <laughs> Topics of High Importance is back on the menu we actually recorded our episode on Sunday Tom nice it's done wow so we're well, is that gonna... the podcast where people get high yes. and talk about important things I'm gonna check that one out <laughs> This Thursday, is come, episode, episode 88 is coming out on time. Oh, man. If we're just plugging podcasts, what the hell? Uh, tune back to the Upford Network tomorrow to hear me and comedian Ian McNeil talk about an episode of Frasier on They're Calling Again. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. And honestly, guys, uh, there's so many great shows on the Upford Network. Go check them out. We've probably name dropped nearly all of them tonight. <laughs> also, come to PodCon. It's uh, next weekend. Already? In I know, right? Wow. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, January 19th and 20th at the Seattle Convention Center, I guess. I don't know. That it's sounds Washington. fun. I can't make it. You should. It's you should next, make it. It's not next door. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, not. <laughs> yeah. I went I went to the Third Coast Festival in Chicago mm. last year, which was a lot of fun, but also very pricey. Right. So. God, this is the first time that, like, so Teffer and I are flying out with the kids, paying Oof. for three plane tickets and a hotel room to fit four people. Because you only have to pay for three because Toby's a lap infant, right? He's like 20 bucks. Uh, (laughs) God, it's so expensive. Please donate to our Patreon. Yeah, 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 for sure. You're going to do good work out there, Tom. You're going to talk to some really cool people. Yeah, we have an artist table in the exhibition hall. So I'll be there sort of schmoozing the whole time. And, you know, I'm going to have pizza with all the featured creators. Should be nice. Amazing. That's really, really Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, if you are able to get up to Seattle next weekend, you should. Uh, if you can't, you should get the remote attendance perk that they have on their website. You can buy that. It's like cheap. I think it's like 50 bucks, maybe 20 bucks even. Oh, wow. And it gives you access to the the panels? And yeah. Stuff? You get like, um, I think a couple days after the con, they just like put it all in a folder and you can just download them. Wow. Yeah. And oh, that's great. Beamed in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Honestly, it's great. I, I got... I attended last year, but I also got all the files mm. and like listened to them a couple times since then. It's, yeah. Uh, do yeah. they do in Seattle every year? Or kind of they, moves around. They do now. Okay. Uh, it this is the second one. Okay. So yeah, oh. technically it would be annual, except last time it was in December, and this time it's in January. So they technically missed 2018. Oh. But like you know, come yeah, on, podcast. You gotta do something like that in Montreal, though. I know we really you know? do. I feel like we could just. This is a conversation for later. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for an announcement about the Upford Network Podcast Festival. <laughs> Special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use the title track off their EP Benson as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at crackersandjam.bandan.bam. <laughs> Fuck! Fuck! I was like, oh, Aaron's so impressed with my uh, cold read. Uh, <laughs> the show is produced and edited by Tom Zalatni for the me. Upford Network. You can find out about all our great shows at UpfordNetwork.com. Oh, man. Aaron, thanks again. This is Thank great. you so yeah. much. This is a really good time. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Well oh. worth the trip to NDG. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, I'm going to drop a link in the description here. Go vote for the Scrum. They're up for a Canadian oh, yeah. podcast award. That's cool. great. Yeah, it'd be amazing if we won that. We're up for that. I keep forgetting I produce it. Anyway, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Benson,